What's up, sports fans? Welcome to another edition of the D.C. Sports Huddle. It is sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork. George Wallace is doing a victory lap because his favorite quarterback is uh, back at the helm. Uh, Not my favorite quarterback. I'm just telling you it was going to happen. Did a victory lap all the way to the uh, Wallace Manor in an undisclosed location. And Dave Preston, back to Fashion Forward Shirts uh, for this episode, which, of course, is going to focus on, at least to start, Washington turning back to Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback. The Heineke Magic apparently running out. And uh, now they are hoping that Wentz has some sort of magic in his jazz hands to uh, try and get these guys uh, win against Cleveland. And you know the stakes by now. Uh, win over the Browns and some help in some other games in Washington is in the playoffs. So um, I'm going to start with a guy who predicted this whole thing, George Wallace. Uh, do we think uh, Carson Wentz has the goods to uh, get him these two wins? He might have the goods. I don't know. When Rivera talking about the team needs a spark, Wentz is fresh. He's had some time to sit back now after the injury. I kind of believe that. I, I think to your yeah. point, the Heineken magic ran out. Heineke is what he is, and we've been saying all along, he's a backup quarterback, and he played well. He's the reason this team is in the spot it is in right now. There is no question about that. But they also haven't won in a month either. So the thing that's crazy, the the funny thing is that people around here going absolutely crazy and can't believe that he would go back to Carson Wentz. Like, I don't understand. Like, what are you watching? Like, how would you not go back to a starting quarterback who, number one, you're paying $28 million to, and you got a chance to win two home games now. So, yes. I have no problem with him going back to Carson Wentz. I think that he might be able to give this team a spark against Cleveland. The injuries are the concern for me, especially on defense right now. But to answer your your question, we'll see if he's got the magic. I think it's the right move, and now is the time to do it. Well, my pushback on that is this. With Wentz, and we've discussed this a little bit in previous episodes, you have an easy out from his contract at season's end. I think we all agree that he is not the long-term solution. And so if you want to get out of that contract, you can't have him hurt. If he goes out and dives for the goal line like he did as an eagle and tears his knee up again, then guess what? You're on, and I don't remember what the exact number is for him uh, cap-wise next year, but it's well over $20 million. So if you want to move on from him at the end of the season, then uh, this is going to be prohibitive if he goes out there and gets hurt and he's got a long injury history, Dave Preston. But I do think that this was the move that you needed to make given the current situation. The offense has been somewhat pedestrian the last few weeks. Uh, You know, they had 19 points against Atlanta, and that might be the best showing that they've had, you know, well, offensively. Uh, It's You needed to make the move. I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is the long-term solution. I would have much rather had Taylor Heineke play well enough to keep Wentz on the bench. But in reality, with a backup quarterback, when you thrust him into the rotation and he plays every snap, you hope to get five good games out of him. And you know what? Over the span of nine weeks, they did kind of get five good games out of Taylor Heineke. He played above what you would have thought his level would have been the first month that he was there as a starter. Five and one to get things rolling. And I think that's the last, the 0-2 and one decline where they had issues protecting him. Uh, I think uh, he was sacked, I believe, uh, maybe, what, 11 times the last 
three games after being sacked just nine times the first six. That's concerning. The fact that you have all of these healthy weapons, too. Jahan Dotson is good to go. Uh, Samuel has been on point this season. Terry McLaurin is a beast, as always. And Brian Robinson uh, is healthy. And I think over the last four games, he's averaging 87 yards rushing. So you have all these tools in place. Guys that weren't necessarily ready. Guys that weren't necessarily available when Carson Wentz was struggling early in the season, when they began one and four, he didn't have Robinson. Uh, Dotson was bad. Dotson had the hamstring issue too. So I think this is the move that you needed to make. It's not a move that I would have liked to have make, but it's the move that we got that you got to make if you're trying to make the playoffs. And that's what this Washington uh, Commanders team is going to try to do. Yeah, but this is the thing. And you guys know I'm not a Heineke apologist. I'm not a Heineke fan. I don't like any of the quarterbacks on this roster. But that said, I, what did I Sam Howell do to you? No, Sam, right. Sam Howell hasn't done anything to anybody. That's why. And I was the one who said last week they should put Howell in because at least he's a wild card. He might end up being good or he might be a disaster. But if they're eliminated, you'll see him next week. I can promise you that. All That'll right. be well, fun. Sonny, well, who went the, to Duke, gets honored the day they have a UNC grad started quarterback. You, only you would recognize that. But, yeah. the, the yeah. we, you know, we were talking about the uh, spark. First of all, when you say, oh, we needed to get a spark, the first thing I thought of is that's exactly what he said when he put Heineke in. So now you're benching him for the guy that you needed to take out before because there was no spark. And I know he got hurt, and that's fine, but he didn't get that job back right away, did he? So I'm looking at it. Washington has only scored over 30 points one time. It was the win over the Eagles. So this is a team that regardless of who the quarterback is, they're not scoring. Wentz had more impressive. He was probably the better fantasy quarterback, if you want to make that case. But, you know, in terms of the wins and losses, they played better around Heineke. And that, to me, is that's more valuable than whatever, you know, Wentz's arm strength is and, and all of that. You made your bed with this quarterback depth chart. Heineke is the only guy who's going out there and uh, at least from the one loss uh, perspective, getting results. Players play better around him for whatever reason, whether they like him more or, you know, whatever, it, whether it's just luck. I don't know what it is, but whatever that moxie is or whatever that intangible is, Wentz doesn't have it. That's fine. But but to you just made the point. Also, you want to see Wentz with some of these healthy weapons. And I kind of do, too, yeah. especially with the offensive line. He's not going to go down with Taylor Heineke when you have Carson Wentz. He's just not. Taylor did what he could. I think you've exhausted Taylor to this point. I really do. If he had won one of these other games, the giant games, the tie, and or maybe protected the ball a little better or didn't miss some of these wide-open guys in the end zone, then I can see you can make the argument for it. But, look, regardless of what the final score says, this team hung with San Francisco last week. Yes. So it's not a bad football team. So I have no problem trying to see. Look, you, you mentioned the spark. Okay, well, the spark now is gone for Taylor. So you need that spark again. Wentz is healthy. See what happens. You can't hurt at this point to see what happens. And this is not to say that perhaps in the second half of Sunday's game against Cleveland, if Wentz doesn't get things going, we see Taylor Heineke again. Because I think you think he's not going to, even if this team is down 20 to nothing and Wentz is vomiting all over himself on the FedEx field, which would actually be an improvement of the current sod. But I really don't think you'll see Taylor again, except for injury. Okay. Do you think he would go back after all this? You think he'd go back? I'm depending on depending on how the first half, depending on how well the first half goes or how poorly it goes. If things go really bad, then I think this gets perhaps the whole locker room. Maybe maybe there were some lot. Maybe there were some guys in the organization upstairs or you know in the different coaching booths who say, you know what, 
just imagine what we could do with Wentz, you know, as our starter. And so this, the, it, you play Wentz. If he doesn't work out, this basically says, you know what? He's definitely not the guy here. And, uh, you know, Heineke, I think Heineke is better coming off the bench than Wentz would be coming off the bench. If, if, if you had to choose, all right, you're going to start one. Maybe he, you know, he falters midway through the game and you, you need a spark coming off the bench. I think Heineke's a better spark off the bench uh, than Wentz would be. So maybe that is trying to get inside Ron Rivera's hitter. Maybe that's what they're thinking as well. What's going to happen when Wentz goes into the Metrodome, not the Metrodome, Minnesota beats Kirk or Kirk, then goes to Philly and wins in yeah. Philly. They will burn Philly down when he wins in the divisional that, round of the playoffs. That absolutely would happen. But look, here's the reality, though. All of these Too quarterbacks much? deserve Too, to all, all of the, no, all of these quarterbacks deserve to be on the bench because here's a stat that is uh, as damning of Washington as I've seen this season. They've given up 24 points only four times this season. Mm. That defense is legit. They're number four in the NFL. They've been balling out here, especially in uh, more recent weeks. Washington has given up 24 or more points only four times this season. They are 0-4 in those games. So they have an offense that is incapable. And 24 points, is a that's not a super like crucial and bar. And just to show you how off, I, you know, we a lot of us were at the beginning of the season, I'm pointing mainly at myself. I thought that Wentz was going to have a good year numbers-wise, but he was going to have to pass his way and this team's way against a deficient defense. Major props to uh, Jack Del Rio and his staff for really getting things done on that side of the football. And along those lines, a bunch of defensive backs are either limited or not playing as deep as Thursday. And that is a primary concern for me, even though you're facing a Cleveland Browns team that's averaged 11 points over the last three weeks. uh, We saw what happened without Cam Curl against San Francisco. I think he's missed three games and opponents are averaging 35 points in those games. So I, they need Cam Curl back. They need a healthy secondary if this team is going to compete the last two weeks of the season. All right, so that's a good segue to the game uh, here against the Cleveland Browns. First of all, the Browns have been eliminated from uh, playoff contention, but a lot of times those are the most dangerous games on your schedule mm-hmm. because those guys don't have anything to play for. They're going out fast and loose. And here's, for me, the main thing that Washington has to do, don't let this be Deshaun Watson's comeback game. He has been terrible right. in his return. Uh, from that long suspension. He hasn't played in close to two years. I think 700 days was the uh, gap between which he finished up with the Texans and uh, began his career uh, officially on field with the Browns. So this can't be the game where he figures it out and where the light comes on. The Browns are fifth in rushing. So your your task is to uh, not only contain uh, Deshaun Watson and keep him from getting right, but uh, you got to keep Chubb in check. That's going to be tough. Look, Washington has a great defensive line, and that should be good enough from a talent standpoint. But like you said, with uh, Cam Curl banged up at best, that's right. going to be uh, that's going to be a tough task for them on Sunday, George. Uh, what are you seeing? First of all, let me ask this one question: the talk about and the reports that next week, if they get to that point and they're eliminated, we're going to see Sam Howell. Is it me, or if you're already in that mindset, like now? Yeah, you're, you're already, already lost. In, right. You've already yeah. lost. Right. So if you're okay. yeah, if you're already planning ahead to what we're going to do when we lose, then okay. and here's the thing: as of this recording, we don't know what happened with Dallas and Tennessee. So, but Tennessee is starting. I just was reading that they're they're starting Josh Dobbs for this game. So Tennessee is not treating this game at all. I mean, they're basically treating it like it's a uh, like it's a preseason game. 
So Dallas should win that game. And depending on the outcome of the Philly game, that'll determine whether, you know, there's a legitimate shot at Dallas having something to play for in week 18. If the NFC East is already out of reach, then they might rest some guys in that final game. But Washington has already proven like we can't hang with them if they're going to go out there and play Dak Prescott and play all those key guys, especially if you don't have a cam curl in some of those right. key defenders. So you have to win the Cleveland game and yes. you have to hope that right. a lot of the things go your way in some of those other games, because I think the only way they make the playoffs is if they beat the Browns and then all those other things, those other scenarios that need to play out in those other games come to fruition. That's how they do it. If they don't clinch it here in week 17, Saturday. I don't think Sunday. they, I don't think they clinch it. What if all. they tie? I'm going to put my hands on that, man. I'm going to. So here's a statistic that should be very concerning for Washington fans. And this has nothing to do with their own acumen teams that face the 49ers the following week. They are 0 and 12 this season. How do you that's find that very, stat? That is a very, <laughs> because that's a very physical team. And I mean, we had Trent Williams here. We know how much of a task that is to go up against that 49er team, man. And they're very tough defensively. I worry about whether Washington has enough. I think the quarterback change is going to throw them for a loop. I think there's going to be some growing pains, and we've all seen this is not a team that starts well. So if you don't start well in the Browns, let's say they get up 10 points going into halftime. Now they're feeling good about themselves. Now you yeah. can take the air out of the ball, and Nick Chubb is sort of the, the go-to guy, and you don't have to lean on Deshaun so much. So I'm worried. <clears throat> I'm worried about this game for Washington. They need to run it early and often. Cleveland gives up 5.2 yards per carry to opposing running backs. That is 30th in the NFL. Hmm. The Browns, they're top 10 in, in, in uh, you know, with the pass, but uh, opponents have a 98 passer rating uh, when targeting receivers. So play action is going to be key. They got to run the ball. I, it just feels like a game Washington should absolutely win, but I'm struggling picking them to actually do it. Yeah. I'm the same way. I think Washington's a better team, but I, I just yeah. don't have a good I don't have a good feeling about it all. They should be able to run the ball against Cleveland. I, I was gonna say they're towards the bottom. I didn't realize it was 30th, but I knew they're down there. The injuries are a concern for me and just the way that they've been kind of playing lately. I don't know. I mean, and yeah. I don't count home Windless field. Windless in three. Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't and count. And that's home the thing. Field. It's hard to it's hard to talk about home field with this team because it's been so irrelevant. If, yeah. if anything, it's gone the other way. <laughs> I think them. it's an ugly game. I think they lose an ugly game. I do. I also don't feel good about going coast to coast after playing that Sunday night game. You know, you, we can, we've made the, and it's, you've, you've proven that rest deficit sometimes helps this team. Yeah. But I think, especially with more guys banged up and we talk about San Francisco, the, that's a great stat there. The teams go 0 and 12 the following week. And it, for a guy who, when they hired John Lynch and, uh, you know, Mike Shanahan's kid, <laughs> I was like, Gosh, this is just a bad recipe for this is a recipe for disaster. The York kid who's running the 49ers, he just he, he's, he's a he's an incompetent owner. I can't believe they're doing this and proving me wrong, because what a great hire that was with John Lynch into the front office for every Matt Millen. There's a John Lynch. Yeah. And uh, for every, uh, you know, uh, you know, Sean Sutton, I guess there's a Kyle Shanahan you know, who, who does a decent job. I don't feel good about the burgundy and gold this weekend. I think that uh, I, if we can start off with scores, I say they lose 19-15. I knew he was going to do that. But then I was going to say 18-17. I think they lose 18-17 because yeah. it's December and crazy stuff. Well, it'll be January when that game is played. But 
wild things happen at the end of the season. I, I just don't have a good feeling about this game. They're the better team, right. but I just don't have a good feeling about this game, George Wallace. I got a three-point day. I mean, I think it was an ugly game. I was thinking the same thing, 20 to 17. It's going to be a fiasco. You're going to unveil the Hogs, the mascot. You got Joe Gibbs in town, and I just don't feel like it's, you know. And that's the other thing. Can we can, can we touch on that real quick with the the whole sure. thing with the Hogs and they're suing the team and and all of this. I mean, they're not just, suing they, yet. They're not suing yet. They want to protect to be, their legacy, basically, and they're trying to. Uh, and cor- correct me if I'm viewing this wrong, but it kind of seems like they're trying to keep this new rebrand uh, at arm's length. They say, "Hey, that was something that was special and important right. under the old name." And yeah. we want it to basically stay that way. You guys wanted to change the name, so go ahead and change the name, but you don't get to embrace this anyway. Yeah, that, like that, I mean, that, the, that, that's yeah. kind of how I, I took it. That's how it is. And then, you know, they're yeah. selling those bobbleheads at Target that are sold out Yeah, that have the hogs, commanders, hogs, like they're sold out. So they're like, yeah, that's kind of the how it is. I know Jeff Bostick's coming on Sunday. Grim is not. Jacoby can't. Jacoby's he's really upset still with the name thing in, in yeah. general. So yeah, I mean they, you know, Mark May, George Stark, those guys. And I know people are like, oh, you're just trying to hang on to the past and this and that. But nobody wants anything to do with this guy anymore with Dan. And it's, you know, he's trying to make money off them. And the even yeah. though they don't have their copyright, it's just they're not in court yet. But I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to even get there. But they're right. very making it clear they're not happy. I still can't believe that they're going to bring Sonny Jurgensen up here in January, especially given what just happened in Pittsburgh. I feel bad even, you know, sort of making that comparison, but this is something that should have been done. I've said it here before. This is something that should have been done early in the season during a home game when you don't have a high stakes game against a division rival that could easily turn ugly. But, uh, but I, I think they should have done it during the Eagles game because that's the right. team that they traded from, you know, so Correct. because and he, he was on their 1960 championship team, albeit as a backup set yep. an NFL record for passing yards in his first year as a starter. I think that would have been nice. But again, as they say, that spilled milk under the bridge and in the stadium that the opposing team could take over very easily, especially if the division's still up for grabs, especially welcome uh, to uh, hell. Dave, Dave Preston has a sports cast to do. Uh, let's uh, get your uh, final take in here. For the game, for for the game, for whatever's on your mind, man. This is uh, a well, wild I mean, card. Right yeah, now. we've we've talked about the 1915 <laughs> thing. I guess we'll audible at the line of scrimmage right now. It's oh, amazing how it? a couple of teams can heat up in late December. Capitals have won 10 of 11 as of this taping. Uh, their third line has been kind of a spark plug. Lars Zeller, uh, Marcus Johansson have both been huge for Coach Peter Laviolette. I, I don't. He said uh, that uh, he had a uh, he had a talk with them at the beginning of December, and sometimes these meetings, I guess, they work out. Let's see if they can sustain it. They do play seven of their next ten games at home, and eight of those games are against sub five hundred teams. So right now, uh, the Capitals have a huge opportunity to solidify themselves as a top three or maybe even a top two team in the Metropolitan Division. I think they're in third after their win over the New York Rangers. They've got, I, I thought that this was going to be the year that maybe they were going to fight for a playoff berth to the very end. Right now, they have a chance to give themselves a great advantage. So here's to the Caps. Here's to Alex Ovechkin set, you know, becoming number two all-time in goals scored in NHL history. As, uh, he now has 802 goals as of this taping. And uh, here's to the Caps uh, being a good team, not just a team with a good player. So, uh, you know, looking forward to 2023 and uh, seeing what the Caps can do. Yeah, Happy New Year. 
Happy New Year. And uh, and actually, don't forget to check out our bonus episode of the DC Sports Huddle on the uh, top sports stories of 2022. Uh, we also it. discuss what we uh, we also discuss what we're looking forward to in 2023. Uh, it was a good time. It uh, ran pretty long, and I think it was worth it all the way. And we were funny. We were hilarious. Okay, Look, we- like. It was like Nick Cannon. He's hilarious. Yeah. So (laughs) this, uh, wow, guys, uh, this one is sponsored by MGM National Harbor, as they all are. For the latest in uh, Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork. Dave Preston went to go do his job. And George Wallace at Casa de Wallace. Spanish for the House of Wallace. Thank you. We will uh, bring you another episode, hopefully, after a win. We're all wrong. (laughs) We'll bring you another uh, episode next week. Breaking the huddle. Until then. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.